0: There is only one God. And that God is embodied, enveloped in three persons. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. There are many variations a belief of who god is of what he does but those variations are man made they're erected by an enemy there's only one god there's only one truth And there is only one intended way to worship Him. And that's with everything. That's with holding nothing back. His creation is to worship Him holding nothing back. Let's pray. Father, we worship you and praise you and we love you, Lord. I pray this morning that your will be done as it already has in the worship. We sit at your feet and we desire to hear from you. And I know it's, it's not just for us here. In fact, it's for many that You intend coming soon. So, Father, I say yes to Your will. I give You my hands, my feet, my mouth, my will. To do with what You desire, to speak what You desire, Father, It is my desire and certainly the desire of these people that nothing be of me. But what comes is only you. I pray for a filling of your Holy Spirit to speak truth because truth is what breaks through. Even layered lies. Truth break through. So we ask your will in this this morning. In Jesus name. Amen. It's interesting because you guys know the difficulty that I have with my neck and with headaches and with all of that. Can we turn these lights on please? Everybody looks like a shadow to me, and I want to see the smiles, or hopefully not the frowns. <laughs> so much better. You all are a good-looking group. Most of you. I'm kidding, Isaac. I wasn't speaking of you. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> no. No. But leading up to this morning, I was asking the Lord what he wants, because that's two facets there. One, what does he want said this morning? And two, does he want it online? And it was very clear what he wanted this morning and a resounding yes that he wanted it online. And when I knew what the subject was, I hesitated and, okay, Lord, are you sure? You know, kind of like assuming maybe the Lord is, you know, kind of on the fence about something. Yeah, no, it's, it's just our own emotion that gets on the fence about things. But as I got here this morning, and usually it doesn't hit me in the morning, but this headache was coming on really strong. And it was like, okay, you do want it this morning. (laughs) Because I feel the warfare. And thank you, Tom, for praying over me this morning. I told you, by the time I stood up here, it'd be gone. And it is. Amen. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your faith and your prayer. I'll tell you what, we are at war. If you don't think so, wake up, Dorothy. You're not in Kansas anymore. <laughs> right? We are at war. And I want to begin. The Lord had told me early in the week before, I mean, it's kind of 2 phase what he wants to talk about this morning. But he wanted, I was dealing with some things with him. You ever go to the Lord and you're just confused about something and you want to know what is going on. You want to know what is being said in his word or how all the pieces start to fit together. And I was in that place early in the week. And the first thing the Lord told me is he said, don't you remember war was declared? And I said, yeah, of course I remember that and it's obvious that we're in war. Of course it feels like we've been in war all the time, but it's different with the declaration. He wanted me to go back for for some reason I thought the war was declared so much longer ago than it was. And he had me go back to a transcript of the court of nations only to this past May. May 4th, in fact. And he, wanted, he had me read it, and he wants me to read it to you this morning. Because there's a very specific level of that warfare that was waged on May the 4th. I'm going to read it to you. Obviously, with every court of nations time that we go into, we go into it with worship. We go into it with praise. We go into it with that offering. I'm not going to start there. I'm going to start when we actually started the case. I said, Father, and this was standing before him, you know what has been on my heart. I place this before you right now, asking if it is your will for me to move forward. I submit this in Jesus' name. The Father said, yes. I said, (coughs) excuse me I call to this courtroom and ask that this court summon Satan the king of Babylon the morning star Lucifer he is to be called into this courtroom along with his human representative on the earth they are to come to this courtroom I submit in Jesus name and by the power of his blood and then the The seer and hearer said this, I heard the sound of chains dragging on the floor. Then I saw an image of Satan trying to walk, but the chains were too heavy for him as he was weak. By the way, those chains wrapped around him were chains that were decreed at the end of every court case that we had led up to this moment. All the things that were tagged back to him He's crawling on his hands and feet. I saw a chariot or a throne, a seat with pole bearing sides. And I saw witches or slaves carrying him because he could not carry himself. Because of the literal weight of those chains. I said, do you see the representative there as well? They said, I see him, but his face isn't clear. Now, by the way, in the Court of Nations, we learned, just so you know, there is always a representative in human form that Satan uses, just like God uses a person in human form to do his will. This is how God ordained it from the beginning, because when we were created, we were created to bear his image here on earth. To literally be a partnership. Not a partnership in that we offer leadership and we kind of advise God. No, a partnership in being in agreement with Him in this realm. And so He uses mankind to do that. Because of that, so does Lucifer. He has to. So I just wanted to explain the representative we've... We've been through a few now. The representative in the human realm for Lucifer is not a real good position to have these days. I think we're on number four, if, if I remember correctly. At the beginning, they were very, well, we'll say mouthy. God took care of that real quick. And then they got another, and the mouthiness kind of faded away by the third one. So I just wanted to explain who the representative was. I said, do you see him there? And they said, I see him, but his face isn't clear. I said, these witches carrying Lucifer, do they have their hoods up? They said, yes. I then said, I command in Jesus' name and by the power of his blood, I command you, Lucifer, king of Babylon, the morning star, I command you to tell your slaves to remove their hoods out of respect for where they are. I command this in Jesus' name. He then did that, and they took their hoods off. I said, Father, I ask that the doors and windows be sealed by the power of the Holy Spirit. And I release a warring angel to each window and door to hold in that which is not allowed to leave and to keep out that which is not allowed to come in. I release them in Jesus' name and I submit that request. Father said, I will seal the court with protection, but the doors will remain open for all of heaven to bear witness. I said, Father, we do not come for trial, nor do we need to prove any guilt. But we come to place a request and a petition before this court. I ask for your permission to proceed. I submit in Jesus' name. Father said, you may. I said, Father, all of the satanic realm is represented right here in Lucifer and in the representative in the human side for everything in that realm is under the king of Babylon. This is why he and the representative were summoned here. They are to represent everything under them, from the beginning of the curse. Lucifer, talking about Genesis three, the fallen man, Lucifer and his band have had access to heaven through the process of your courts. This went down through time, even through the judgment of time. The first judgment when the flood came. Even the earth and all the bodies having a new opportunity to steward properly, they did not, which led to a tower and led to a people worshipping other gods, worshipping ultimately the king of Babylon. This was a unique time because as you said in your word, they were all in unity. As Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit spoke together and declared that this unity is what would bring the real destruction. For you said yourself, there is nothing they would not be able to accomplish. At that point, you gave away the nations. Meaning, you gave the nations what they asked for. You split this globe into seven regions. And you began to separate people by their speech, and they were separated by distance into seven regions. Each of the clans were put under the authority of a principality. (coughs) Excuse me. Those seven principalities have all been judged, have all been found guilty right here in the court of nations, and have all been cast to the abyss including the seven under each of them. They failed in their stewardship. You said in Psalm 82 that you would take back the nations. You had a plan of redemption in your Son, Jesus Christ, who by His own choice became a man and inserted Himself into His own creation. He lived a perfect life, pouring His life into those whom you gave. Listening to everything that you said, for he did nothing of his own accord, but everything that you told him to do. At the point it was required, he offered his perfect life, his perfect blood. He offered it for not just us, but for all those who would have the opportunity for redemption. Even in those three days that He went to the belly of the earth, He spoke in part of this day, today, telling the angels that had sinned that they had failed. A remnant that was set aside for you produced a Messiah, and when He rose again, that process paid for not just the Jews, but it paid for all who would believe. The extent of what your son paid for at the cross was infinite. He paid it all. And he paid for all. But even from that moment, including all the moments before, that since the fall of man, the Satan, meaning the demonic realm, has had access to your courts. In Revelation 12.10 it says, He is an adversary. A prosecutor who comes and accuses day and night, constantly. He and his cohorts have known how to work these courts. I specifically speak of the court of accusation, but it applied to any court they've had access to. The very thing that caused your declaration in Psalm 82, the very thing of it mismanaging what they were given is still done today. For when they go to court, their hope is not the wholeness of that person, your creation, so often your children. Their hope is their goal, their hope, and their goal is to destroy, to kill. That's why they are there day and night. We have seen them them countless times. Father, it is because they have had this access and they employ different things on this earth that puts your creation at a disadvantage. For when they use deception so skillfully that most of your children don't even believe they exist, don't even believe there is a court ...to come to for forgiveness. Don't even show up for their own trials. I know each person has their own choice, but they choose out of a disadvantage. This hangs on the backs of all of, quote, the Satan, end quote, or the adversary... Since you have given me charge of these courts and you have allowed us to come in and go after the enemy in the court of nations, we have served you faithfully, all twelve of us. We have served you faithfully in our faith because we believe in your Son, Jesus. We believe in His blood that covered everything for us. In this warfare, we have not been silent All of the early court cases were all read online and out loud. Each of us walks in a testimony built by you. Not of our own accord, but out of your strength. Lastly, I will say that every one of us have given our lives for this. Here, I will only speak for myself giving evidence because you know I've walked into situations where my life was at risk, as many others have, with the full faith that it's yours to do with whatever you want. I want to remind you of something, Father, you gave to the Apostle John. In Revelation 12, starting in verse 7, it says, Now war arose in heaven, Michael and his angels fighting against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was defeated, and there was no longer any place in heaven for them. And the great dragon was thrown down, that ancient serpent who is called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. I want to point out the word, our. The accuser of our brothers. This has to be for today. It cannot be for after the rapture or after the thousand-year reign because the brothers of those who have accepted Christ as Savior are here now. And they are the ones being accused day and night. Father, what I ask is that You give me permission to release Michael and his angels and declare war against the dragon and all his demonic horde. Even the human witches who show up in court court through these curses, I ask for permission to declare war on them now, that they are thrown out of heaven and out of the courts, and the earth will be their only domain. They will have no voice in your courts. I ask for the permission of this in Jesus' name and by the power of his blood. Father said, the time for throwing him down from the courts has not yet come. The time for declaring war and the call for war to be trumpeted across the lands and the heavens has come. I said, Father, is that something you want me to do? Or is that done through your verdict and declaration? I submit in Jesus' name. Father said, I will pass the decree and you will deliver it. Then he said, I, the I am, Jehovah, the creator of the universe, have called these to me to declare my word and my purpose to begin what I have already set in motion I and all of heaven pass this decree that war will be waged against the king of Babylon and all who follow in his steps I declare it by my own name then I said as was decreed here in this court war is now declared upon the king of Babylon and all who have followed him. All of those who accuse day and night, I release Michael and an army that you gathered to take this declaration of war and fight. We have already read that you will be victorious, so fight. I release you in Jesus' name. And the gavel went down. That was May 4th, guys. If you look at what has happened since May 4th, it is evidence of a war being made transparent. See, we've always been at war. Man has been at war on this earth with the enemy of God. But it was a very different thing for war to be declared in heaven Because the ultimate end of that war will be Satan not having access to accuse. I don't even know what that looks like. But I can imagine. But what it's done in this war is it's brought transparency. You see it ramping up in things that I've never seen in my life. I mean, just this past week, last week, we talked about Ezekiel 38 and 39. By the way, a week later now, I am more convinced that it is now. It is this time. You will see 12 nations gathered to come against Israel. I don't know how long that will take. I don't know all the politics involved, but it's happening. You've already seen Hezbollah jump in the game I think that happened two days ago and I find it interesting that Israel hasn't gone in yet to Gaza they're going to I I think they're waiting for maybe some political approval or something maybe to shift the the world's thoughts about it not going to happen what you're going to see is the world become more and more divided. For the first time in the history that I can remember in this country, I've seen a congressional representative stand up against, publicly, against Israel. Now, now, by the way, does this mean that Israel is good and they're great and all that? No, it's got nothing to do with that. Because Israel as a nation still does not believe in the Messiah, Jesus Christ. So why do we support Israel? It's super simple. Because God said. Exactly. Because He said to. Because they are the very reason that you have access to the sonship. So we fight for them because there is redemption for them. It's coming. It's coming through their jealousy. So we stand up for them. We don't stand up for the people in there. You know, we talked about this in, in a gifts meeting. It's, man, you could pull out personal stories from Everyone. What about the personal stories of those in Gaza? The Palestinians there, or maybe in the West Bank, I have a really good friend who has a ministry right there in the West Bank. In fact, that he invited me to, and, and then all this happened. <laughs> it's not about the stories of those people. It's about the stories of authority and leadership. Truth is, Israel in many ways brought this on themselves. Don't hold me accountable for that. That's what the Bible says. At the end of Joshua, where where it says that they did not take out all the nations they were supposed to. They let some stay in portion. Well, they'll just be our slaves. Yeah, see how that worked out. How little disobedience can become a large thing. So it's not about the stories. I have no doubt that there are people in Gaza that are scared to death, are frightened in a way that they don't know how to deal. I believe there are even Christians there that don't know what to do. We need to pray for them. We need to pray that God opens up possibilities. He did for Rahab. Do you think that Jericho, the people of Jericho, were thinking the same thing? They were afraid? better believe it. It's what the Bible says. They lived in terror because they saw what God did in opening up the Jordan. And they had heard what God did about Egypt, which was the the single strongest world power at the time. So those who love him, there is protection available, and we need to pray for them. But it does not change the fact of God's promises. God's promises is the entire land that Israel is to live in. Never, ever, even back then under Joshua, did they take all the land that they were supposed to have that was told to Moses in Deuteronomy? Never. Because it includes most of your northern nations. Lebanon. Do you know Israel included? The promised land included Mount Hermon, which is the nemesis, if you will, to Mount Zion. Jesus himself said, I want that mountain. Speaking of the Father. That's why the transformation was done on Mount Hermon. But yet, now, today, it's part of Lebanon. It's an Arab state. And I I won't go into the... You you can look it up. it's, It's really interesting to see what... And, and there, by the way, there is some conjecture about it. Not, not, everybody, not every Jew agrees what it's supposed to be. But everybody agrees, and it's pretty obvious it's a whole heck of a lot more than what they have now. In fact, I, I, I think what they have now is between about 10 and 25% of what they're supposed to have. And when the Lord had me go to Mount Nebo and declare over Israel, one of the things he said is that they will have all their land in this time, in the readying of the bride, but to recognize that it will not be a Jew that brings it to him. It will be Gentiles. Again, to make them jealous. So I was going, I was going throughout my week, and you know, I, I talk to the Lord constantly about certain things, and there's been one thing that has bugged me for a long time. When, when he started us out in the court of nations, you know, there, there are some real obvious things that, you know, you kind of think in your mind about going up against. Things that we see in the Word of God, and all these were coming. You know, we, we dealt with Ashtaroth. We, we dealt with so many of those, and there was one that kept eluding, and it bugged me. In fact, it bugged me so much, I wondered if it was actually a single entity or if maybe it was something else, and that was Baal. For Alexa's sake, for the rest of this morning, I'm going to call him Baal. Okay, but just to be clear, it is Baal. Okay? It's Baal. That's not a stutter. Like, uh, uh, uh Okay, but for the purpose of Alexis and any Southerners listening, we'll call him Baal. Okay, so I hope I don't laugh as I do this, because I've called him Baal for so long now. But it bugged me. I even asked the Lord early on, this was probably five years ago, way before the Court of Nations. And I asked him, Lord, is Satan Baal? And the Lord, in his infinite wisdom of wanting to string us along sometimes, said, hmm, that's an interesting question. (laughs) So... Which means, yeah, spend some time with me. Let's talk about it. And so over the years, that's been like this little thorn in my side. Because, see, Baal is the most prolific in the Old Testament. It's funny how you don't see him in the New Testament hardly at all. You see reference to him, but that's it. A little bit but you see him heavy in the old testament and and so that's why I used to think well is is he satan and and over the over the years I you know asked a few more questions about it and but it wasn't until in the court of nations that we took satan to court and satan was on the stand and I'm not going to read that now but satan was on the stand and and it was like Lord said, here's your opportunity to ask him some questions. First thing that popped into my mind, who is Baal? Are you Baal? He said, no. I said, well, who is Baal? He said, he is my son. He is my first son. Or he may have said one of my first sons, I can't remember. So from that moment, I knew... That Baal, Baal, for all you intellectuals, (laughs) I knew that he was a Nephilim spirit. But because he was the first, and he was pre-flood, by the way, he was powerful. And so it always bugged me, where in the world? why, Why haven't we seen him in court? And so this week, when the Lord takes me to... The declaration of war, I asked him that. I said, God, and this just in my time with him, I'm like, Lord, we've even got war declared. You know, Baal, who, who was this prolific person in all of history, who is Satan's firstborn of the earth, his first love, if you will, in fact, called In connection with Satan himself. That's where Beelzebub comes from. Where Beelzebul comes from. So he's he's intimately linked with Lucifer. And how come we have not seen him? How come we have not been able to take him to court? And... In my discussion with the Lord, he started to reveal something to me that blew me away. He said he is prolific today. In fact, more prolific than he ever was. He just hides under a different name. I thought, okay. Wow. There's only one name. That I could think of that has that kind of stretch, that kind of reach, and that's Allah. And he said, Yes. Whew, I just sit there for a second. Okay. Wow. Okay. So it was at that point, once he revealed that, that he went silent to me. I don't mean in not talking to me anymore, but of course I had a thousand more questions and he would not answer the questions. I just kept hoping in my heart, okay, Lord, you have revealed it now, so does that mean it's time to take him to court? He wouldn't answer. I just remember in times past that when he would reveal things to me like that, it was not long, but days before we were allowed to do something in court. So we came up to court team, and we had to go to court for something else that was a brief thing. And I asked the Lord, can we go to court over this? He said, yes. I thought, okay. This is big. This is big. He wants me to read you the court case that was done this past Thursday, and then I want to explain a couple things about it. This was, I I knew going into this, one thing that the Lord had told me was, that he had to admit it on the stand. It wasn't that I could call Allah or whatever to court. He had to admit it to make the link with what was prolifically done throughout the the Old Testament. So again, I'll start after the worship and all of that. I said, Father, at this time the prosecution asks that this court be sealed by the power of the Holy Spirit. I release warring angels to cover each door, window, and opening to keep out that which was not allowed to come in and to hold in that which was not allowed to leave. I submit this request in Jesus' name. The seer saw it done. I said, Father, at this time, I would like to call to the stand Baal, the Nephilim spirit, one of the firstborn of Lucifer. I call you in Jesus' name. He then stepped forward. His hands are chained. He's dark and muscular, big, and kind of looks like a gargoyle, but with a different face. He's stoic, no emotion. I said, Father, I request the allowance for me to speak to the defendant directly. I ask in Jesus' name. Father said, granted. I said, so you are the spirit that the Bible refers to as Baal. Is that correct? He said, "Yes, it is." I said, "And is it correct that you were born of Lucifer?" He said, "Yes." I said, "Were you the first, or were you or were there sons before you?" He said, "There were sons simultaneous with me, which I found interesting because Baal means more than one. But there was something in the Word of God that directly linked you with Lucifer. Is that correct? Baal said, yes. I said, in the Word of God and throughout history, you have brought worship, summoned it to yourself, but pointed to your father. Is that correct? He said, yes, always. I said, did you do this when you were in your original flesh? Or was it not until your physical death that you began to fulfill this mandate by your father? He said, I've been fulfilling this mandate from the beginning. I said, in fulfilling this mandate, did your father trust you to lead others in this same calling? Or have you done it all by yourself? At this point, he knew what I was trying to do. And he remained silent and refused to answer. And the reason he knew is because this had happened probably the last four or five times where a court case started out with one thing and ended up with something very different. And the scale went from like this to this. So he knew what I was doing. I said, so in times of old, when we worship, when worship of you and effectively your father through you became widespread, was this on your own effort only or was it on the effort of your brothers or even your sons or daughters? Baal said, no, I and my brothers are one. I said, who are your brothers? He did not answer. I said, Father, I ask permission to treat this as a hostile witness. That he answer every question that he has asked, I submit in Jesus' name. Then an angel came and pierced his back and brought him to his knees. Yet he still would not answer. I said, you know, it's interesting to me, as I speak with you, Baal, that the Lord's word says every knee shall bow. You already Bowing before the Lord. You are already bowing before the Lord God. The God who created your father. Who your father turned against to his own demise. You are already kneeling. Probably something that you never saw coming. So answer the question. Who are your brothers? We could see him moving his mouth. But could not hear anything. One of the court team members did hear, My daughter is the goddess of death. I said, In all of your power and all of your strength, in all of the destruction that you have brought on the world, and even to the Lord's chosen, in all that you are now in, in all of that, are you now a coward? Do you go through all those things with the success that you've had and now simply kneel in cowardice? Do you not believe in what you have done? Do you not believe in even the Father who you proclaim? Will you be a coward before Him as well? Speak up and tell this court if you have the courage to do so. He then shouted, I am not a coward. He started to stand up, and an angel brought him back down to his knees. His lips are moving again, but we can't hear what he's saying. I said, do you love your children? Baal said, yes, I do. I said, are they obedient to you, or have they turned against you? He said, they have not turned against me. They are loyal to me. I said, Were they loyal to you when they were in their flesh? And then when they were out of their flesh, have they remained loyal? He said, yes, they have. I said, you have already stated that you love them, but do you trust them? He said, yes, I do. I said, you trust them to do the will that you proclaim because it is the will of your father Lucifer. Is that correct? He said, yes, it is. I said, so in building this persona of Baal on this earth to be worshipped, did they help with that because they were loyal? Or did they turn against you because they did not believe that you were a god? He said, they were loyal to me, but they did not help me. I did it all myself with Lucifer as my guide. Again, he knew what I was trying to do. He knew I was trying to implicate... Others with him and not just him himself. I said, so is that why you failed? He said, no, I am not a failure. I said, I don't know of anybody who worships Baal now. How can you not call yourself a failure when you were one of the widest worshipped in history, but yet now hardly anybody knows your name? You are simply an old relic that just needs to be disposed of. What relevance do you even have today? None. And he screamed, I am Allah. They know me as Allah. I said, so in becoming Allah in that religion, there are many that were associated with him. Mohammed, for instance, were these your children who helped you, or were they simply servants that helped you? He said, Yes, they were my children, but they did not help me. I did it myself. I said, They either help you or they work against you. Otherwise, they are dormant. I know in Christianity, if you are not growing, if you are not seeking the Lord, then you are of no effect. Are you saying your children had no effect? Why did you even have them? If they had no effect on this earth, if they had no effect in the spread of Islam, if they had no effect in your father's plan, then he screamed out they had effect because I had influence on them. I said, okay. Well, if you had influence on them, then why did they disobey you? Is it because they don't revere you? He said, no, they carried out my mission. I said, oh, okay, and what was your mission? And he said, to destroy the name of your God. I said, Father, at this time I would like to request all of his children to be brought into this courtroom. All of those in association with him who have built Islam to what it is today. This lie that he just admitted was to destroy your name. The prosecution requests that they all be brought to this courtroom right now in Jesus' name. They began flooding in from all areas, from the back, from the glass. They are flooding in and they all look petrified. I said, Is the court still sealed? And it was like, they are still coming in. And we waited a bit. And then it was sealed. I said, I speak to every one of you. This will be your last day. But before you are gone and taken out of here, you will kneel before God. Kneel down now and it will go easier for you. Resist and you will be made to kneel. I submit this in Jesus' name. As soon as I said the word kneel, a portion kneeled down out of fear. Some resisted and they were shot with arrows in their backs. And it forced them down on their face, prostrate, before the Lord. It's a process because there are so many of them. I've got to say something here because that's what the seer saw. And as soon as I said, you will kneel, but if you resist, it will be hard for you. I, I'm i talking to the Lord in my mind, and I'm picturing a sword going into their back and just... How to describe this? It, there's a movie I saw. I'm not going to share the movie because it's very violent. But, but this guy comes up behind... This really bad guy. It's, it's like this real bad guy throughout the movie, and he gets his, right? The guy comes up behind him, grabs him by the collar, takes this fishing knife. If you guys know what a fishing knife is, it's curved and it's sharp on both sides, right? It's a fillet knife. And he goes in, and doesn't just do that. He goes in, and he's like this in the guy, up and down the guy's back. That 's what I was picturing, so I'm like, "Go ahead and resist, resist you you won't believe the pain and then
1: that,
0: that's what that's what uh, that's what the seer saw, and it, it was such a confirmation in my mind um some resisted and they were shot with arrows in their back and it forced them down on their faces prostrate. And by the way, that's what I saw is that then they went prostrate. And I said, okay, if you're not going to kneel, you're going to go prostrate. And then that's, that's what the Lord did before the Lord. It's a process because there are so many of them. I said, I'll wait. Those angels were nicer than I would have been to get you prostrate. Baal had been on his knees, but then an angel literally shoved his head and forced him down even more. I said, I speak to the defendant again. Are these all who have helped you in the spread of Islam throughout the world? He said, yes, they are my children. I said, and they are tied to you and you are tied to Lucifer, your father. Is that correct? He said, yes, it is. I said, Father, I submit in Jesus' name that there is no more evidence that needs to be presented. Islam is not led by the God who is the God of Abraham that has been a lie. Islam is led by a demigod that you see before you known as Baal. Who he said does all for this for his father Lucifer known as Satan. The prosecution has a few requests. 1. That this demigod, Baal, and all of his followers, helpers, children, even if they be in flesh today, that they be found guilty of this lie of working toward deceiving your children and your creation. I ask that all of them be found guilty, including Baal himself. I ask that upon him being found guilty, they be cast to the abyss. Furthermore, I ask that there be no remnant on this earth that can pick up where they left off. I ask that Islam be thrown into a state of chaos. Even the ramping that is happening right now, that in your timing, throw it into a state of chaos. That they destroy one another. Father, I ask further that this religion that is no different than Satan worship in the Old Testament, that all of the deception of it, especially toward those who are redeemable, that that deception be lifted, I ask in Jesus' name. That all of those here that are involved in perpetrating that deception, when they are sent to the abyss, the deception is sent with them. All of these things I ask in Jesus' name and submit in Jesus' name and by the power of his blood. The father said, granted, my son. The abyss opened up larger than we had ever seen it in the courtroom. They are all being flooded in, flooded in, flooded in. Baal is the last one. Before he was pushed into the abyss, he was stripped of his power and authority. It was thrown down with him, and the abyss closed. And the gavel went down. I want to be clear about something. Because we're getting into this time where truth will be revealed. Where the true God... And who he is and his characteristics will be revealed. Holding on to a remnant of tradition will be difficult to do because it will be ripped apart. That isn't just Islam. That is every denomination in the Christian realm as well. See, there is only one God. There is only one truth. And it isn't something that we find in our own strength. It is something that we find in relationship with Him. Not on our own. We were created for relationship. I find it interesting how... And, and if, if, you, if you look up the history of Baal, it, it, it's really, really interesting because, he, as I said, he was very prolific in those first 4,000 years. In fact, he was, he was the one, right? Elijah went against the 400 prophets of Baal. But then he died out, and I started to look at, at how and why. And officially, if you want to look for a death certificate, if you will, it was in 310 A.D. when Constantine banned him. That was in the, in the Roman era, where they were the head of, you know, the, the superpower of the world at that time. Constantine banned all the religions, not just Baal worship, but all the religions except for Christianity. Now, by the way, it it wasn't because Constantine loved the Lord. Do some research on that. It was because he wanted peace in his kingdom. So he decided it has to be one. This one looks like the best one, the most peaceful. So we're going to go with this one. But that's when you also see all the others that had their times kind of got infiltrated in with it. That's, that's why we have Christmas on the December 25th, for instance. That's why we have an Easter bunny <laughs> for Easter, which makes no sense, right? It, it all got kind of mixed together, but, but it was officially stopped in 310 A.D. Then you do some research... On Islam, 300 years later, is when Muhammad said he had those visitations. And I find it interesting that Baal did not re-emerge in the same way that he was at the beginning. He couldn't have. He couldn't have because he couldn't compete with Christianity. Christianity. He couldn't compete with love. He couldn't compete with that offering of relationship, that idea of love, of being a son, a daughter. He couldn't compete with that because he didn't know what love was. Satan was not created with love, it says in Hebrews 11. So what he pushed on to his children was not love. It's like much of the world... What their version of love is. It's different than the father's version. So he knew he had to come up with something different. He had to come up with something that would look a lot like Christianity. It would look a lot like love. But then it would have a control about it that would be different. That is Islam islam claims to have the creator god which is allah in their in their quran who is the god of abraham done see the bible if you ever wonder why the bible is real specific about that it says the god of abraham isaac and jacob the Bible quantifies because they stop, Islam stops at Abraham. Now, the deception is really heavy in this. In fact, I have heard many preachers say, oh, they, they really believe in the same God. It's just Jesus that they don't believe in. I've got to tell you something. If you don't believe in Jesus, you don't believe in the actual God. Because He is part of a trio. You can't. And that deception has leaked into the Christian church so heavy. I remember when it became prolific was, what's his name out in California? He's retired now. Rick Warren. I keep thinking Mike Warren. Rick Warren. When he came out and said, there needs to be peace between Islam and, and, and Christians because they serve the same God. Let it be said that it's an absolute lie. And by the way, Islam's God is dead. It's gone. It was Baal, and it is in the abyss. And you're going to see the results of that. But what about all the people that believe? Is, is Islam all bad? No. No, you have many deceived people in Islam. In fact, you have a harvest Ready, that is ripe, that is ripe. And now that the deception is being pulled, the veil off their eyes, it will come off and they will begin to see. Because, see, if you look at Islam, it's all about control. Yes, it says we believe in Creator God. But it's all about control. It's all about the legal aspect of relationship. But yet no relationship. And these people who have been deceived by this. Who do believe in a creator God. I am convinced of that. They may call him Allah. He is not but the one that they called is now gone and they will see the truth. Because see, their Creator wanted an intimate relationship with them personally. Just like He does each of us. Not some blanket, you know, obey me and I'm going to give you a few things and you get to go to heaven. Man, if that's all the Creator is, then it's not love. No, we were created for partnership. And to Islam, to those who would believe, it is offered to them. But i got to tell you, in my opinion, they're no worse off than many Christians. Christians who believe by tradition where you say you're either like in Nigeria you say you're Christian or you're Muslim by the way that doesn't explain what you actually believe because I've I've met both Christians That say they're Christians that have no idea what relationship with Jesus Christ is. And then I've met Muslims that have no clue except that they're supposed to act a certain way. This veil is coming off, and they're gonna see truth. That's why the Lord is building an army. And in building that army, it's going to put that love out there while at the same time handcuffing the lies. All of you here, (coughs) all of you online, he is preparing you to have a voice. That voice is not about a debate of thought. That voice is about love. It says that the only thing Satan cannot fight against is love. Why do you think everything we do is in love? But love has its boundaries. Because, see, love has to be loved back. Otherwise, there's a payment for that. God gave us the capacity for love. He gave us the desire in our heart for love. I don't want you to assume that, well, okay, Baal is Allah, and you know, every Muslim is is bad and wrong and and you know they're our enemies. I don't want you to think that. I mean, if you think that, then why don't you think the same thing about 95% of all the Christians? It's not bad at all. In fact, you're going to see the separation because when it was said in court that it will bring a chaos, it is literally going to bring the separation that will manifest whose father they really are. You see a little bit of a divide. I mean, we see a huge divide in the Christian church. Always have. Satan's just so good at that. But you're about to see it in Islam in a big way. You're going to see the two factions of Islam go like that. You will see the radicalization of Islam and they will not be able to hold it back. In fact, you will see that even out of people that do not claim to be Islamists. You already see that. But it's going to get worse. And the best thing that will happen to those in Islam who do believe in a creator God and are deceived is they're going to see in their own religion what it produces you're already seeing it over in israel but it's going to get way worse way worse you're going to see it here in america and i don't mean a protest i mean attacks I mean, there will be a confidence to speak out because now Islam has no spirit leadership. They have none. They have none. What happens when you have a bunch of kids and let's say the babysitter leaves? Yeah, it's chaos. You come home and the walls are painted and you got food everywhere and all this. It's chaos. That's what's coming in the Islamic world. Christian, that's what's coming in our world. Christian's are not held from this. In fact, they should know better. They will be held to a greater account than even those in Islam who believed a lie because they should have known better. Why do you think God said, I come to judge the church first before the world? He is coming. He has already begun. You will see it more and more. It will become very rampant where you see pastors even fall in the pulpit to their death. You will see congregations where that happens to because God is bringing a cleansing to His people for the sake of those who would believe, who would care, Who would reach out. And i got to tell you, there's two people, two people groups that I think are the biggest. Once God told me that the very emotion or the very passion of this new harvest will be lit by witches. By their conversion, by their believing in Jesus Christ. They will put such a passion into this revival. But you know who the biggest is beside them, in my opinion, and probably bigger in number? Those who believe in Islam. They are going to start converting by the millions and millions and millions. But on the flip side of that, you're going to see the true seed of Baal. Baal. You're going to see the true seed, and they will fight, and they will lose, and they will be crushed. Because as they come around and encircle Israel, those 12 nations, to the demise, probable demise of Israel, because somehow the U.S. will not be involved. Whether by choice or because we're dealing with our own thing, which is what I think, the probable demise of Israel will be stopped by God Himself. It says in Ezekiel 38 and 39, as we read last week, it said that He will bring a huge earthquake. Now, I don't see that just as metaphoric. I, I, think, I think it's both. I think there's a real earthquake, earthquake coming because he said literally the mountains will fall into the sea. I know when I was standing on Mount Nebo, he told me, declare Mount Nebo to come down. But then there will also be earthquakes in the spirit realm. Millions of people turning to God. I just, I mean, I'm, I, I love the fact that they are all in the abyss. But I, I just ask the Lord to put a camera down there because I want to see their face. I want to see their expression when they realize that all these who were for them are turning against them and following Creator God. Jehovah God. See, I think that's why Jesus went down to the pit during his three days. It says in Peter that he went down to tell the angels that were sent down there. (laughs) He said, "You lost, you lost." That's what Jesus said at the mount when he transfigured. He transfigured on the very mountain. That was Lucifer's. The very mountain that the principalities who slept with the daughters of Eve came down to. That's where they presented themselves coming down off a mountain because back then, mountains were the domain of the gods. Now it's the domain of those who want to ski or mountain climb. But that's why Jesus did it there to say, You lost. You lost. And he proclaims now that what he has said since he was on this earth is now coming to pass. This is not something that will happen a hundred years from now, it will happen in moments. I can't wait to see what happens between now and next Sunday when we're together. Again, watch, it's going to ramp up faster and faster and faster. And so, as you watch this happen, ask the Lord, what do you want me to do? Because, see, we're the love. He wants us to be the love. He wants us to speak truth into a situation because, as all of that deception drops, the truth is going to be received whereas it may not have ever been received a few months ago. And recognize that you have an entire heavenly army that is fighting this fight in heaven that will result in the enemy no longer having access to the courts. What an amazing day that will be. can't wait. Alexis, come on up.
1: Um, I will just take it full circle to the back of our verse that God's given us since the beginning of Ignition, Matthew 6.33. When you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things will be added unto you. Have you ever thought about the fact that the things are the revelation of God? Because this is a lot to process. There is a whole kingdom reality, and if you're not living your Christian life seeking the kingdom first, then it will be very difficult to make sense of all this. You hear these principalities that are cast, and you go, well, wait a second. If all these things are cast, if Satan is bound, if these things are happening, then why do we still see evil? When you understand even the revelations that are deep in Ephesians 6, 12 alone about all the different levels of authorities, those things will make sense. So I encourage you to seek the Lord, and don't, don't just kind of let this Fall off of you because it is those who will by faith receive what God is doing and showing who will have the greatest voice and the greatest force of power and authority in the name of Jesus in this war. Those that are just Christians who kind of just think, oh, that spirit stuff, you know, I just need to I just need to get back to just kind of knowing and understanding principles in the word of God. It's all one in the same. The principles and the doctrine are only made real and true when it's led of and real revealed by the Holy Spirit. So some of these courts and this concept, um, the language might be different. It might be overwhelming. It might be unusual. But it it is revealed by faith when you seek the Lord and you seek His kingdom first. So that I just felt like I, I could feel that some of this is a little bit challenging to absorb and to process. Um, maybe not for those in the room, but maybe for those listening online and who will listen. But I'm telling you, the Lord is revealing it for a purpose. And if you're seeking him, you will find him. When you find him, you find revelation. He does reveal what he's doing because he wants our partnership and engagement. So really seek him. Let's pray. Father, thank you, God. Thank you, God, for what you have been doing, Lord. So many people are crying out to you right now and saying, God, what are you doing? How are you moving? Are you ever going to deal with this? Are you ever going to deal with your enemies? What's happening? Oh, and God, you, you showed us even this morning through the release of this word and, and what, what took place this week. God, you are showing your hand. It is moving. You are doing great and mighty things in our midst. Because we have called upon you, which you say in Jeremiah 33, 3, that is truth. So, God, I just pray that you would give us eyes to see and ears to hear. God, what the Spirit is saying to the churches. I ask this in Jesus' name. Lord, help us to Um, Be able to wrap our minds around what you are saying and not be resistant because of one camp or another camp in the body of Christ that has a different take on it and we don't want to think like they do We don't want to believe what they do. God. There are people that don't have full understanding and God There's no one that has all the understanding God only you and you alone have the fullness of revelation So, God, we seek you. We seek your kingdom, your truth. We seek you, Holy Spirit, to reveal it to us. God, let us be Bereans. We'll take no human's word for it. And I know that is Greg's heart. Don't take his word for anything. Go to the Lord and seek it out for yourself. So, God, I pray in Jesus' name that each of us would do that and that you would bear witness by your spirit of what you are showing us is truth. So, God, I thank you. I thank you, God, for the great victory. You say you always cause us to triumph. You say we're more than conquerors. You say that nothing will separate us from your love. And you say that if you're for us, who could be against us and that all things work together for good. How does all this happen if it's not for the battle fought in the spirit first? And so, God, you are you are fighting for us as we seek you and look to you. So, God, I just praise you and I thank you. I thank you for the opportunity to be called at such a time as this. So, God, help us to stand in bold faith and to rise to every challenge with everything that you are showing us corporately but individually. To not shrink back and think that, well, that can't mean me. It's got to mean somebody else because, you know, the greats in the Word of God, they don't exist anymore. Oh, God, you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. Your character and your nature is never changing. And you are calling people to stand and to rise in this time. So, God, give us that revelation as we continue to seek you. As you draw us into the secret place, let us go and to abide there under the shadow of you almighty god i just praise you we lift up the name of jesus above every other name let us go from this place just filled with you and even though we may be filled with questions god you will reveal things to us as we believe you for what you've already shown us you will give us more revelation so i praise you for that i just declare and Ask and pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.